All right, everybody, let's all make our way back to our seats. We're about to start our our awesome, uh, awesome, uh, what do we call We don't have a name for the service, but it's about to be awesome. Uh, we, we haven't named it yet. So if you have a great name for what we're doing, uh, we're going to be doing this uh, every so often. If you uh, have a great name, maybe you should bring it up to Pastor Roy. But don't get mad if he doesn't use it. But hey, uh, just give it a shot. All right, let's all let's all come back into the sanctuary. We just like to also welcome all of our first time guests here to Calvary Gospel Church. If this is your first time visiting with us, uh, we're just so happy that you're here. Uh, we would like for you to stop by our kiosk in, in the back and uh, just stop by and talk to one of our ushers. There's a, a few points of information we'd like to get in connection with you there and just tell you a little bit about our church. If it's your first time visiting online, you can do the same thing if you want to just follow that bit.ly link. It says forward slash connect to CG. Um, and we have a small gift for you as well. We just want to thank you again for coming, and we're so glad that you're here. Uh, we would like to remind you about some giving options that we have. Um, there's four ways to give at Calvary Gospel Church. You can always give online at cgcmadison.org forward slash giving, or you can give in person by placing your offering or your tithe in one of the boxes that are in at the entrance ways of the ta- uh, sanctuary here or by the kiosk in the back. You can actually give by mail if you want to send a check in uh, to 5301 Commercial Avenue. You can do that. Or if you'd like to give on our mobile giving app, it's called Church Center. You can download it on any of the app stores and just enter in your phone number. That'll get you started. And you can give online uh, on that app at any time, um, day or night. And it's very convenient. And it's also a way to get connected to our calendar here at Calvary Gospel Church, all of our connection groups, all of our ministries, and all of the awesome things that we're doing uh, this year. We'd just love to have you on that as well. Um, Tonight, we have scheduled a men's service. Uh, I'm canceling that. So it's going to be like negative 30-something wind chill. It's just a little too cold probably to be messing around late at night. And... uh, we're just going to cancel that. We have we have a lot of men's services this year planned, and I'm excited for all that we're doing. But tonight's just a little too cold, in my opinion, so we're going to let that go. Um, Pastor Roy would like to talk to us a little bit about something that's coming up. But first, I'd like to talk to you about um, our midwinter camp at Parkway Church. It's in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And so that's happening January 25th through 26th, coming up. Uh, There's going to be three special speakers, Rodney Shaw, Calvin Jean, and James Booker. These are all really great speakers. If you haven't been to church outside of Calvary Gospel Church, and you'd like to see what some of the other churches, uh, different things that we do in in our district, this is one of those things that we do. We just get together and we fellowship with other churches, and this would be a great time to experience that. You can get more information on the door, or you can get it on the website or talk to one of our pastoral staff if you'd like to go at this time. Like Pastor Roy to come on up. Praise the Lord, Church. It is so great to be here today in this nice, beautiful, blustery. <laughs> oh, last Sunday, I don't believe we had any snow, did we? I think it all started on Monday night. So, what a difference a week makes, huh? <laughs> Went from thinking, well, this is going to be a pretty easy winter. (laughs) So we have coming up on uh, 
the February 16th through the 18th, we have a marriage workshop, and I just wanted to give a little bit of information on what this is going to be all about. We have Brother Ahi and Cami Giwa that spoke to us recently here uh, on a Sunday morning. They are they currently live in Waukesha, and uh, but uh, they do. Uh, they're both. Guide, licensed uh, counselors, marriage counselors, family uh, life counselors, and they they do very very good at assisting couples and families, and it's kind of been their calling for some time. And they they had asked when they were here if we would be able to take and work with them and maybe hosting some sort of a marriage workshop for couples. So we've been working with them. We've been also working with brother. Uh, Rick Solberg and Sister Nicole, we're going to be hosting this. They're going to be hosting this in our new uh, Waterloo facility that we're looking to, we actually have signed a, a rent agreement with them there. It's a very nice building right overlooking the river that goes through. But um, what this is, is this isn't just your standard, what you would just call marriage seminar that many of us have probably been through over the past. This is for if you're uh, a new couple and you've just gotten married and you're looking to, to further a little bit or maybe help work out some of the, the kinks that you can have in, in, in a new marriage or if maybe you're you're in your, your middle part of, of your marriage or mid-marriage and your kids are, you've got a number of kids at home and maybe you're struggling with how to balance married marriage with your wife, your spouse with and also with your children or you have teenagers that you're struggling with, or maybe uh, you're perhaps in the situation that my wife and I and many of our other uh, elder, older couples, senior couples, I guess we are now, uh, were that you no longer have children at home and you're empty nesters, and there's a, there's a big adjustment when it comes to empty nesters. And uh, I was surprised that my wife and I, when our daughter left, we just had one girl, one daughter, but when she left, she was a big part of our life, and all of a sudden, it's just my wife and I. I remember when we went on our first vacation that we had been alone since our honeymoon. And uh, we went out west, and we drove literally from our home here in Madison. We drove all the way out to Lincoln, Nebraska, in almost total silence. I'm just driving. She's over there listening to her. Murder Mysteries on cassette, dates the trip. We got to, we got to Lincoln, Nebraska. It was about eight o'clock at night. And I pulled into a subway. I was hungry. Went in, got us a sub, and came back out and sat in our camper. And I looked at her, and I said, "My name is Roy Grant." And I'm going to be your travel host for the next 14 days. Where would you like to go, ma'am? <laughs> and uh, there can be a lot of adjustments. Even you may feel like, well, you know what? We don't really need this type of a seminar workshop. But I want to encourage all of our couples. It's going to be something like we've never had. But when you go online and you go through the QR codes that Brother Phil has placed on all of the doors, it's going to show up that it's $250 is what it costs for the, the, the seminar. And what we've opted or 
talked to, about doing is to help many of you that maybe this is a little bit uh, difficult for you to, to spend. Uh, we'd like to cover, as a church, we'd like to cover 100 of your 250. So when you look at that and you sign up for that, it's, gonna, it's only going to cost you $150. And this also includes your meals, your food, and, and such that's going to also be along with that. There's also going to be child care uh, for your kids if you need child care. So we want to make this to where as many of our couples can be there as possible. It's a Friday night, a Saturday, and then we're going to do a Sunday morning service on site there. Uh, and it's going to be a special service just designed for couples. So I want to welcome you or invite you to that. Also, we have one other thing I'd like to cover here, and that is that uh, many of you may have heard this, that Brother Pat Huber has passed away. Um, he was living up in the Oxford area with his son, Troy, his oldest son, and uh, he passed away earlier in the week, and the family had kind of requested until all of the family members were notified not to make official uh, announcement over the pulpit here. But uh, Friday the 19th at Ryan Funeral Home at 11 o'clock will be the visitation. And the funeral will be, the service will be at 1 o'clock. Brother Pat uh, Huber was a Vietnam veteran, so I do believe they're going to have some sort of an honor guard there. If you've never been to a service that has had a military honor guard, I would recommend. It's a very, very, it's an awesome thing to see. So if you are able to be able there, um, also just continue to, to pray for Tanya and Kayla and, of course, Troy and Tony, the, the two boys, and uh, just pray for the family uh, this week. And uh, I guess with that, is it your guys' turn? Jerry didn't know what we're going to call this. Yeah, we can all stand. We'll pray. It's basically, it's a, we have a praise, worship, and a testimony service. And I'm excited today because we're going to hear from Sister Kate Rivest, and we're going to hear from Brother Nathan Neesom and what God is doing and testimonies in their lives. So let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here safe. Lord, I know it's cold, and I know it's blowing, and but Lord, it just feels toasty warm inside your house, and I feel such a warm presence of your spirit. We pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon the Huber family this week. We also pray, Lord, that you would be upon all the family and the friends of Pat Huber, and Lord, we're going to miss our brother. He was a good man, but I pray, Lord, for this service. I pray, Lord, for this time of praise, this time of worship, and this time of testimony. You are an awesome God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can feel free to be seated. Stand up. We've got our worship team, Sister Abby. God bless you.
worship your name because you're the god of my breakthrough you're the god of my breakthrough jesus and breakthrough in my heart breakthrough in my mind breakthrough in my spirit breakthrough in my soul breakthrough in my weakness breakthrough in my struggle you are the god you are the god of the breakthrough in my worship breakthrough in my praise Breakthrough when I live to glorify your name. Breakthrough when I dance. Breakthrough when I shout. You are the God. You are the God of the breakthrough in my heart. Breakthrough in my mind. Breakthrough in my spirit. Breakthrough in my soul. Breakthrough in my weakness. Breakthrough in my You are the God. You are the God of breakthrough in my worship. Breakthrough in my praise. Breakthrough when I live. God. 
Praise the Lord, church. You can be seated for a moment. It is so great to have the Rivis family part of Calvary Gospel Church. And I've known Jim Rivis. We were both apprentices together. He was an electrical apprentice. I was a plumbing apprentice. We invited him out to church, and God did the rest. And um, we have Kate Rivis here today, and she's going to share with us a few things on her heart, her mind, on how God is using her in missions. So, Sister Kate, come share with us this morning. God bless you. Thank you so much. Um, so, like Pastor said, I'm really excited to be up here today and very thankful for the opportunity because during the summer, I went on a missions trip to Japan, and I just want to say I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life um, to be able to go on this trip, and I'm so thankful for all the people who stood behind me and for the church supporting me, allowing me to speak today about my time in Japan. So I got the opportunity to go during the summer, like I said, for two weeks on this trip, and I went through an organization called AYC, Apostolic Youth Corps is what it stands for, and every year, they send young adults to different locations throughout the world, and you get to support missionaries and get the opportunity to travel to a new country or a new church on these trips. And I actually never saw myself going on one of these trips until last year when the locations dropped. I saw that Japan was one of the locations. And if you could please put up the picture of Japan, the first picture of like the island that I went to. Um, I just want to show a picture of what it looks like. It's not what the whole island looks like, but it's very beautiful. It's very tropical there. And picking this location wasn't a random choice at all, actually. I really felt a burden and a call to go because I've always wanted to go to Japan. And I've always followed the missionaries on social media. And I'd been familiar with the church and the people because of that. And I felt a very strong pull to that specific place. And I really felt like God had opened up doors for me to go. And after praying, I applied and I was accepted. So leading up to going, I actually met a few missionaries from Japan who came to Wisconsin. And I got to talk to them. And it was just so cool that God's timing led me to all these things and meeting all of the right people. But anyways, if you could put up the next picture of the map that I have. This is a picture. It's kind of hard to see, but all of the pins are the different churches and locations that are in Japan. Um, there are 15 apostolic UPCI churches that are in Japan. In total, there are five on the island of Okinawa. That's like on the bottom. And... Um, these are all the churches that they have. So Japan is really in need of more churches and more outreach. But there is one church that I went to in Japan, if you could show the picture of the building that I have. Um, it's not the best picture, but it's the only one that I could find because I didn't take any. But um, this church is located in Okinawa, which is where we spent most of our time on the trip. We did get to travel to mainland later, but I spent most of the time here. And this church is on a very busy street. Um, in a building, in a rented building, and it has a bottom floor, which is where the sanctuary is, and it has an upstairs, which is a fellowship hall and kitchen area. And it's not your typical looking church, but just immediately coming into that church, you could feel the presence and power of God, and it really felt like home there. And it was a church that normally people only wear slippers to, actually. So, because the inside of the church, you have to take your shoes off, which is very common in Japanese culture. And it was different in a lot of ways, and I loved it there. I remember coming back here, I wanted to wear slippers to church. So <laughs> I think that's where my slipper phase started. But the pastor there is Pastor Higa. And the missionaries who have been there for over 20 years, the Hosmers, they also help pastor. And they also have a lot of missionaries there, like the Harrises, who are originally from Wisconsin. Um, 
They have the Fallons and the Pantons, and these people all share the burden of God with me, and they are all some of the greatest and kindest people I have ever met. And even though their pastor, Pastor Higa, mostly spoke only Japanese, there was a translator there who would translate all of the messages in the services and in the church service that we had. So we were still able to listen to him, and God moved so strongly in the service that we had, and I had so many God encounters while I was there in Japan and felt him move in the same way that he moves here. There were so many worship moments, and I have a video of one of the services that we had on Sunday morning that I was there. If you could play that, I'm not sure if it's going to work. Amen. So that was a very short clip of like what the inside of the church looked like while we were there. And that was a lot of people from the AYC trip that I was on. But that was just a glimpse. And it was so cool being there and to see what God was doing over in Japan and to get to be a part of that for a short amount of time. And getting to hear all of the messages and all the songs in Japanese was so cool to me because it is such a beautiful language. And I saw so many breakthroughs in prayer and in praise in Japan with the students who went and with the youth in the church. And I learned a lot from being of service to the missionaries and helping with outreach in Japan, which is something that we spent a lot of time doing. And there are a few things I want to talk about of what I did in Japan and what my group was focused on doing and why we were there. So besides the church service and devotions that we had every day, Every day on this trip, we would split up into six different vans, and we would go on prayer drives throughout the city, which were very, very powerful and important. We spent a lot of time praying over different parts of the city and spending time driving around the island and just feeling the presence of God because prayer is so powerful. And that's how we would start all of our mornings. And we also had a service day where the whole day we helped two of the other missionaries move into a church. Um, so if you could show the photos of the people in like their serve shirts, the gray shirts, I didn't really get the best photos, but we were just helping them move um, all of their items, and if you go, could go to the next one, we were just moving like a lot of boxes and stuff like that. Um, I was kind of busy. I didn't get any more pictures, but so <laughs> the missionaries that we were helping, they started a daughter work church in Okinawa, and they needed a new building, so we helped them relocate all of their belongings and haul their stuff into moving vans, and that was some of the physical heavy work that we did over there, and it took a lot of people to do that, and it was just so much fun getting to work and to do something for someone else and to see different churches because this church was located on the third floor of a building. So it was very different there, very small, and we had to climb up a lot of steps to move everything down, but it was very fun. Um, so we did prayer drives and we helped the missionaries out with a lot of things, but one of the coolest things that I think we did while we were over there was we did a music outreach in the village of Okinawa where we walked around handing out flyers and we sang songs by a bunch of shops. And I just want to mention really quick that Japan is only 2% Christian. And so it's very different. And there's such a need for outreach and spreading the gospel over there. Because most people who live in Japan have never even heard of the name of Jesus. Um, they have a totally different culture over there and religion than we do. So not all people, but a lot believe in false gods if they are religious at all. So most people are unaware of the name of Jesus. So... When approaching people on the street during um, singing and the music outreach that we did, it was hard to just walk up to someone and say things about Jesus and about the Bible like it's a common thing because it's not over there. So sometimes people would be confused or scared and walk away, 
But there, and there's such a different spiritual atmosphere over there because it's not a Christian nation. So you have to be respectful and mindful when doing outreach. And that was just such an important thing to know and understand. And it was so different. So like I said earlier, um, we handed out these flyers. Um, and these flyers had all the locations of the churches in Okinawa. If you could show the picture, yeah. Um, so I know it's in Japanese, but people would take these flyers and then be able to know the locations of the churches. So it was a very small first step. But instead of, like, saying things about Jesus that they wouldn't understand, it was just a way that they would know um, where the churches are. And if they were interested, some people would stop and listen to our music and have conversations with us. Some would also take videos because they love what we were singing. And I have that video of us singing on the street. We had pianos set up and microphones. Amen. So a lot of people would come and go um, throughout that whole service. We were there for like a few hours and we were just singing. So doing this was a great way to outreach and get into the city. And I remember there was this man, you could kind of see him in that video, but later on he was probably in his 20s and I saw him stopped in the middle of where we were all singing and he was sitting on his bike listening to the music. And he stayed for a while while we were all singing and worshiping. So some of the missionaries and one of the missionaries' daughters eventually went up to him and I went as well and we all began to talk to him. And he had no idea what the Holy Ghost was or what the Bible was, but he was so hungry and so interested in learning more. And that is something that I will never forget because I could see that he felt God's presence so strongly. And that's what made him stop because he was genuinely searching for something more. And he was asking a lot of questions and there was a translator there who was translating because the man only spoke Japanese. But it was so cool because one of the missionaries... <laughs> Brother Harris um, explained a lot of things to him about Jesus and about talking in tongues, and we talked for a long time. And this man wanted to lift up his hands and receive the Holy Ghost, and he came really close, but we weren't sure if the understanding was quite there yet. But there were about six or seven of us praying for him, and he was praying um, as well for a while in a circle. And it was so cool to see him lift up his hands and pray and to see how hungry people were because this man was so taken aback by the presence of God, and he could feel that there was something different going on, even though he didn't know anything about Jesus. And towards the end of the night, we ended up giving him a flyer and invited him to church. And there were so many others that came and went and were interested. And I think in total, we handed out over 100 flyers. So, thank you. Um, we also prayed for a lot of other people. I'm not quite sure the total amount, but um, I'm so thankful that I got to connect with people of a different culture and getting to be such a part of amazing experiences, especially while doing the street outreach. And going on this mission trip just felt like God had been allowing my footsteps in every possible way. He led me to the exact moments that I had in Japan. He really guided me by providing a way for all this to happen, providing the money and protecting me every step of the way. And he really knew what I needed to hear over there. And this trip was something that God pressed upon me. And I learned that outreach is something I can't just get away from. And God has given us all a general call of salvation. And we are called to a relationship with Jesus. And that moves into doing service and mission work and telling other people about Jesus. So I learned this, and I experienced so many great things, and I really want to encourage the youth to go on an AYC mission trip if you feel called to, because it is a first step to getting out there in the field and just such a cool thing to do. But um, I know most of you, if you're not able to go on a mission trip, then I hope you can take away from this, what I took away from going to Japan, and just spending every day over there trying to witness. And that's what we need to be doing 
and that we need to be doing missions work over here too in Madison and in all the cities that we live in. And it gave me a burden and made me realize that I need to be outreaching to people too and teaching P7 Club in my school, which is a Bible club. And I actually have a picture of our Bible club. It's kind of blurry, but it was a first step. And I know I'm changing the topic, but... <laughs> um, I just want to take a quick minute to mention it because I learned a lot of things this year and that I need to be getting more involved. And why we all need to get more involved is because we need to be spreading the gospel because that's what it's about. We need to be teaching Bible studies. And sometimes it can be hard to do that, but God opened a lot of doors for me um, and a lot of opportunities for me at school to witness to people. And I was just so amazed by how he works. And there were a lot of people that came into my P7 that I would not have expected to come. So please keep praying for me and keep praying for all of our schools and for the world because Jesus is who the world is hungry for. And going back to my trip, I got to see all that he's doing in Japan, and I got to experience that culture and witnessing to people over there. And going there truly helped me grow. And I'm so thankful for it because it gave me such a strong burden for people, and it really impacted my life and led me to start at P7. So I give all thanks to God because he used me and he prepared me, and he will use you too to be a light and to be a vessel to someone. Um, whether that's here or someplace else, in your home's workplace or at school, on foreign lands. Um, and I'm going to keep praying and believing in big things for our city and for the world. And I really hope I can go back to Japan again really soon because it really was the coolest thing that I've ever done. And there was just something about the people over there and the church that means so much to me. So thank you all for giving me the chance to speak today. And I'm so thankful for all your prayers and support. And I'm so thankful that God has opened up doors for me and is continuing to open up doors for me in my life. So I hope that you can be encouraged today, encouraged, and know that God is still moving and that he's going to do great things. So thank you. <laughs> Every enemy is conquered, every strong. 
like for Brother Nathan Neeson to make his way up here as he's coming up. If you would have asked me five, six years ago, would Nathan Neeson be doing what he's doing right now? I would have never thought in a thousand years. But this man is a godly man, and God is using him and his family in a powerful way. So share with us, Brother Nate. God bless you. So I told myself I was going to be completely honest today. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think the whole purpose of this is to be honest. To be truthful, I want all of you guys to take away from what I'm doing here. So I'm going to start from the beginning. It was, uh, I think it was Wednesday, Brother Phil sent me a text, and he goes, Hey, Brother Nate, can you give me a call? i got to talk to you. So I call him. We get on the phone, and he's like, hey, you mind giving a testimony at church? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then literally this is what happens. I'm at work, you know, working along. I got my Bluetooth in. I'm piping up some manifolds for some in-floor. And then all of a sudden I'm on the phone, and I start walking. And I'm like, it starts hitting me, like, I ain't about this life. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be up here. <laughs> you know. So a little time passes, and I'm like, Brother Phil, what did you just ask me? I already forgot. <laughs> so he had to send me a text telling me what to talk about. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. So, but then I thought to myself, what's worse than fear? That's regret. When you think ministry is difficult and puts you in uncomfortable situations, wait until God asks you to do something, and, you know, he's specifically asking you to do something, and you choose not to. The regret of not listening will eat you alive. So let's go back to 2020. Bible study in Deerfield has been going for almost a year. Everything was going great. And then due to COVID, everything was shut down. One year goes by, we were asked to join Hyphen. Things are going great. Year two goes by, we were asked to do Sunday school. Things are going great. Between the two ministries, we are learning how to do new things. Life's great. And we're doing those ministries. We're also trying to make connections outside of church, trying to go <clears throat> and invite others in. I was specifically praying for our neighbors and that God opens up doors for us to meet new people, not knowing what that might look like. As time passes on, we're walking into the horse poles. Our neighbors come running up to us. They're like, hey, we're your neighbors. We live across the field and over the hill. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, let's go watch the horse bulls. <laughs> you know? Long story short, we end up spending a bunch of time together. Cookouts at their house. Kids are playing with their goats and kittens. And their dad, Caleb, crashes my dirt bike in their horse pasture. <laughs> Ministry can be fun, you know. Um, they've been a critical family in the Marshall-Deerfield area. They seem to know slash be related to everyone. And I'm believing God is going to work through them to help us into the community. So, you know, when I was praying in my mind, I was thinking about Bob and Steve and Mitzi, because when you look out our house, it's Bob and it's Steve and it's Mitzi. 
because they were the neighbors, neighboring farmers, and that's all I knew at the time. But God blessed us with Caleb and Emily and many others. Anyhow, back to our timeline. As we're in the process of all this, I start feeling a tug on my heart. You know, while we're doing ministry, we'd leave church. I'd feel a strong conviction in my heart. And I was, I was having a hard time, church, trying to understand it, to be honest with you. Didn't know what it was. It was bothering me. It was eating me alive for almost a solid year. After some time of praying, I felt he was leading me to start the Bible study up again. So the prayer became, okay, God, bring someone alongside of me. I'm not going to do this alone. And I, know, I never told anybody about this specific prayer, so I waited. We continued in our ministries and waiting on God in that time. I really struggled with the feeling of discontent. I felt super strong urge that I wasn't doing something that I was supposed to be doing, but I wanted to make sure it was God's timing. We continued in our ministries and waiting on God in that time. I really struggled with feeling, oh, hey, that's, that's where I was. <laughs> I kept praying, God, if this is what you want, Please bring someone to help me without me having to ask them. And sure enough, the call came. And it sounded like this. What are you doing? What do we have to do to get this Bible study going again? Exact words. <laughs> and then right there I knew I had, that I had called on God. God called on my friend, and he brought our team together. We officially started back up May of 2023. And since then, we have been reaching or I'm sorry, uh, teaching, participating, and we're all like growing together. We're all taking turns, teaching each other. It's not just Lauren and I. It's like the whole group as a whole, we're all growing together, both in community and also involvement. We've had one receive the Holy Ghost, get baptized in Jesus' name. And starting this year in 2024, we are looking at increasing our gathering from bi-weekly on Wednesday to now every single week. And based on what we've heard, we may be doubling in size already. I, I want to say right now, I want to thank everybody that's been involved in the Marshall-Deerfield area. Bible study, you guys all made it possible. I believe in 2024, God is going to empower us. He's in a, he's a, oh, I'm sorry, let me slow down. I believe in 2024, God is going to empower us to take on new challenges, step in new areas, create ministries that bridge voids for people in our communities so that we can reach the lost. And if you take anything away from this today, I want to encourage you to step in the new year boldly. Don't stop praying. If you think God's knocking, ask him to direct you. Be intentional wherever you go. Don't be scared of commitment. And let's not have any regrets in 2024.
series is Opportunity Knocks. At the conclusion of this service, we're all going to have an opportunity to come here to the altar, but also we're going to have an opportunity to go into the fellowship hall and join Brother Ben and Sister Lori Thompson for cake, celebrating their recent wedding. So you're all invited over there right after the service, so you have that opportunity There's a vast difference between Kate Rivest and Nathan Neeson. 
But the thing that ties them together is a common love for Jesus. As Brother Nathan said, I, I don't want to have any regrets. We just finished this past week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days of prayer and fasting. Praying that God would open up opportunities. I want you to continue to pray and fast in your schedule that God would not just open up opportunities, but God would position you. This is how this works. Fear is something that we're all going to have to overcome. But I found out that God usually, most of the time, will use me in an area that I'm most familiar with. But yet we use fear as a deterrent, something that deters us. We have to overcome the fear. We have to step out. And that requires something on my part. We had Sister Kate share how God is using her in missions and God desires to use her in missions. And I feel as her pastor that it's my responsibility if that's where God's calling her to help her get to wherever God's calling her. Whether that be Japan, whether it be here, no matter where it is. Same thing with Brother Nathan, his family and his team, all of our teams, each and every one of you. God is calling us. And as your pastor, I want to help you get to where God is calling you. That's what it's all about. This past week, my wife and I, we like to go to restaurants a little. We have our favorite, a little cozy nook is what it's called in Cottage Grove. They've been open just a little over a year. We've been going to that restaurant since 1985. So when I first went there. Got to know the owner, Pat. Did some plumbing at his house. Invited his wife and family to church. She came. They got, she got the Holy Ghost. She grew up in an apostolic church. They've, they've moved away, but had a number of other owners, but the new owners there, we've got to know pretty well. When we go in, we don't have to ask what we want to drink. It's pretty much they know what we want. We go there with Jeff and Linda Neesom and with Rick and Linda Wells and Marvin and Lana. Ava's birthday this past week. We're probably going to have lunch there today. It was a little slow on Saturday, the weather. Brother Ricky and I went over, said, hey, let's, let's brave the weather, get out there, you know. <laughs> Put the truck in four-wheel drive and let's go. I wasn't thinking about witnessing. I was thinking about breakfast, but God had other plans. While we're talking and end up the restaurant closes, we end up in their back room and Megan, the owner, she's working on a uh, computer document for employee handbook. Start talking about their purchased another restaurant in Stoughton and 
it's got a deli and they don't know what to do with the deli and I just start throwing out things that I think would be really cool deli food. She stops and she looks at me and looks at Ricky and she's like, would you be willing to take the time to put together what you would expect in a deli? Kind of like a kind of like a business plan for a deli. What kind of foods you would like and how you would present them and because this is going to be a big part of the restaurant. We don't know anything about a deli. And I'm thinking to myself later in the day, I don't know anything about a deli either other than I just love the food. I remember as I'm arguing in my mind whether I should accept this invitation to help put together a business plan for a deli that I know nothing about. I'm thinking in my mind, Lord, I don't know about a deli. And God works. He's got a sense of humor. God's like, you may not know anything about a deli, but I know about delis. I invented kosher deli. Say yes. Offer your services. Get in their life. (laughs) They're inviting you in. Take the step. I don't know where this is going to all end up. But I know it started with praying that God would open up opportunities. And God's opening up opportunities. Opportunity knocks. But you see, we have to make room for Jesus in our life. If we're going to do this, church, if 2024 is going to be the year of opportunity, we have to take the opportunity get over our fear, get over any of the shortcomings that we feel that we may have and we may, we have to step out. So as we close this praise and worship and testimony service out, I just want, as our worship team begins to sing, make room, I want to challenge us today. We need to make room for Jesus. He will he will open up the door. He will open up the opportunity. And we have to make room for Jesus and we have to make room for whoever it is that he's opening up that opportunity for us. We have to let that person into our life. We have to share Jesus Christ. So as we close this out, I just want to open up this altar. Maybe in the last week, God has laid someone on your heart. Maybe somebody that you work with, somebody you carpool with, someone at Quick Trip. I want you to come down to this altar, a sign of commitment. Say, Lord, I will commit capitalizing on this opportunity. Give me the wisdom. Give me the courage. Take away my fear. Give me boldness to step in and step through. God bless you. To do whatever you want to. To do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you. 
church opportunity knocks opportunity knocks we have brother phil demas has put these together you walk out the back door and you just keep walking and you can't miss them but it says be my guest this week calvary gospel on the back it says where friends become family just don't take a hundred of them don't take 50 of them. Don't take 20 of them. Just take one or two of them and diligently find that person this week and give it to them. Sometimes just something so simple can open up an opportunity of conversation. They wouldn't be asking you questions if they weren't interested. And sometimes, yes, we have to step into out of our comfort zone. But be prepared to pray with that person. You don't know what that person is struggling with. You don't know what their family's struggling with. Be prepared. Be sensitive. God wants to use us. An opportunity is knocking. Thank you so very much to our music team, Sister Abby, to all of our music, our musicians. Thank you so very much. Also, we want to thank our snowplow crew, Brother Johnny Grant, Brother Carl, Brother Bryce Grant. We're over here for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours plowing snow over the last few days. Thank you so very much. God bless you. Vosis will be starting here in about 30 minutes. Remember the fellowship hall, the Thompsons. Run by, grab a piece of cake, congratulate them. God bless you. We will see you here on Wednesday night.